Hello there. Going through a divorce? Considering one? Sorry to hear that. But here you are. Welcome to Splitsville. You'll find Splitsville to be a pretty unique place. A new world, really, with its own rules, its own expectations, and in many ways, its own language. But don't worry. You have a knowledgeable guide along the way. A family law attorney with three decades of experience under her belt. And now, here she is. Your host and guide, Lee Sellers. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Welcome to Splitsville. I'm your host and guide, Lee Sellers, founder of Touchstone Family Law. And in this episode, I'll be answering another question that many newcomers to Splitsville have. What is a divorce coach? So let's dive in. So today we are here with Sandra Lee, and I've known Sandra for many years in the divorce community, and the role that I know her best in is that Sandra has been a divorce coach in many of the cases that I've had and in many cases that that my colleagues have had. And so we invited Sandra here today to, to talk about what a divorce coach does and how they can assist couples that are separating and and going through separation and divorce. So welcome, Sandra. Thanks, Lee. And thanks for having me. This is not only fun to get to sit with you and do this, but also to talk about a subject that I'm so passionate about. I've been passionate about it for 21 years. I was going to ask you, tell um, the listeners how you got started with coaching people through divorce. You know, I often say I think it found me. And as you'll often hear people say, well, I went through a divorce, and I did, and I um, had a different career. And I kept thinking, there, there's a there's space between what the attorneys are doing and what I would understand, because it was almost like two languages. You know when you sit in a doctor's office, and then you think you need to go home and get a book out and try to figure out what that doctor just said to you? Mm-hmm. And that's the way I felt, working with uh, my own divorce and my own lawyer. And I just started actually working with different people, had groups and trying to figure out how to rebuild life after divorce. And I was sought out by a national company that said they'd like to talk to me about the field of divorce coaching. Hmm. And so that's what year was that? So it's been 21 years ago, so 98. And uh, so then I, there weren't uh, really divorce coaches. There wasn't even a lot of training. And so we kind of put it together, and I was really kind of one of the first, and I today do trainings mm-hmm. in the field of divorce coaching. It has evolved a lot uh, since I started, and it's really evolved, I think, in the last seven, eight years ago. Some of that is because we've seen coaching evolve. Mm-hmm. And I always, you know, attribute some of that growth to the Oprah Winfrey and mm-hmm. Dr. Phil, because I think they made coaching more nationally understood that it can be beyond the field. Yeah, it certainly raised the consciousness of it. It did. It did. And then since anything in our life, we may need some coaching to be, get unstuck and to be the best version of ourselves or to help us create a roadmap of where we're going. Because whether it be a nutrition and health, you can be great in your career, but you can not do well in that area. And sometimes we just need somebody to come alongside us that understands where we're going, but help us clarify that vision 
and and help us make that roadmap and then have that accountability to see us through. So before we get specifically to the context of divorce, explain a little bit the difference between coaching and therapy. Yeah. Well, so it's different in the sense that therapy is looking backwards and it's doing emotional therapy. It's looking at diagnoses or it's looking at anxiety and depression. And you still often need a therapist while going through divorce or in your life because it's a very different role. It's looking about what has happened in your life, what is triggering it, and what's causing this emotional breakdown. Coaching is forward-looking. It's active, it's directive, and it's actually, if you have someone that's struggling with severe depression and can't get out, they may not be ready for coaching. So you have to have someone that can be cognizant of where you're at, where they're going, and still be able to handle the hard conversations and be able to be coached. And you talked about the fact that sometimes people would still need some therapeutic assistance mm-hmm. and support, even if they were working with a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be like a wonderfully powerful team to have both and have that interplay. Oh, Lee, absolutely. And let me tell you, not all coaches are therapists, and some therapists are coaches. But there has to be a really clear line between your coach cannot be your therapist. And you really can't, that's probably more than people didn't know, but you can't really cross over because it is such different roles. But one of my things I do as a coach is I may help them find a therapist Mm -hmm. and really encourage it. And they'll say, you think I need it? Yes, you still need it, but it's part of your support team. And as a coach, when someone's maybe thinking of going through divorce, in the middle of divorce, rebuilding their life after divorce, we need to put together a team that supports the vision of where you're going. And and that is so true. I remember very specifically one case that we had together where we had brought you in as a coach. And in that particular instance, we had identified a real separation in terms of the, the spouses as to how far along the road to being done with the marriage one spouse was as opposed to the other. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge disconnect with one person had been struggling and had now made the decision to end the marriage and was at peace with that decision. Whereas the other person was really just finding out that there was a problem. I mean, it was, yeah. it was so wildly apart. So we brought in you to be the coach because we were like, we've got, you know, this is not legal conversation here. This is, we, we've got people at such different places and we felt like it would be an impediment. But you recognized very quickly that not only did we have that going on, but that one of the parties really needed some therapeutic intervention, that mm-hmm. it was it, it was such a shock to their system mm-hmm. that everybody needed to step back, mm-hmm. stop the process for a moment, and let this person actually get that relationship started because they were not going to be able to participate in coaching. Or the divorce or process. Or the divorce process mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. it done. And, That probably made a huge amount of difference in the couple ultimately Mm -hmm. getting all the way through the process intact. So let's unpack that a little bit, because as you talked, I think I'm remembering probably the case been years ago. But I always tell people very few people come to the process at the same emotional level. One is usually further down the road. Today, it is usually the woman 
75 to 80% of all the divorces are actually started by the woman. Not a fault, not because they wanted it, but because they begin grieving the marriage and they get to a place they're ready, they've, they've died to the marriage, and they're going to move forward. And actually the husband knew that there was problems, but would always say, you know, I thought we could work it out, or now do we go to counseling? But it's really too late at that point because she's grieved and moved on. But they start the divorce process at different levels emotionally. So they're hearing every conversation, everything they're supposed to do through the lens that they're filtering of where they are emotionally. And sometimes they've got to stop and go to see a therapist, possibly get on some, just some different meds to maybe help them get through. An antidepressant doesn't mean they're chemically depressed, but means they're situationally depressed. And then we can get them in a better place to better handle the divorce. Because our goal is always to do it better, do it well. So when you're in the context of coaching and divorce, talk a little bit about the role that you play when, and for this scenario, we'll talk about Mm -hmm. a couple, each who has legal representation, and you're going to be coaching. So talk about Mm -hmm. what do you do? So sometimes I'm brought in to coach both of them, and sometimes I just coach one person. What I don't do is I don't work on a two-coach model. You'll hear some coaches out there that believe in that model. And And what is that model? That model is where each person has an attorney, and then they each have their own divorce coach. And I've done that a couple of times, and against against my thought of it being a good idea. But I tried it, and it was exactly what I thought. It just became more aligned with the process you were on this team. I love it when I'm working toward helping this couple work through some of their issues and always say to them the professionals are all going to go home and you two are going to live out this decision whether it be co-parenting whether it be figuring out how to put your life back together financially but you're going to to be able to move forward well you're going to have had to work through this process and those people are gone and so I love building that trust and really in some ways helping hold people accountable to the things they're saying or the attitudes or staying stuck in a 10-year-ago history of the marriage or why things started falling apart. You know, it's, yes, things happened and the marriage and it hurt and the marriage fell apart. But that doesn't mean you're divorcing the kids. That doesn't mean that you have to hate the other person. There takes a little bit of that hurt to have the energy to grieve and and stop the marriage. But you don't have to reach that place of bitterness and hate that we often find. And also my goal is to help the couple or individual to not get stuck in the process. Because then it takes two years to heal from the damage of the process they used. So my goal is always to help that process move in a better forward uh, way. So I sometimes talk to people about the divorce coach being neutral in terms of being neutral to the specifics of the outcome. And I've tried to explain, I'm like, you know, like, I, I agree with you. If you just have one divorce coach and they're working with both of the parties or just one, either way in the process... I've always said they're not really taking a position Mm-mm. on whether you're right or he's right or she's right. They're not really taking a position on you should get more of this or less of this. That's not what they're doing. That's Mm-mm. what your attorneys are doing or you might be doing. 
but the coach is trying to to work you through the other issues. Yeah, if you if you said you guys love your children so much, and tell me about little Susie and Johnny, and they do, and I said, you know, I bet if Susie needed an arm today or heart, you'd race each other down to give it to her because you love her so much. But do you love her enough to give her a good divorce? Do you love her enough to still have the ability to co-parent? Because if you're telling me you do, then you're writing that divorce story in Susie's life now that she will live out when she's 20, 30, 40 years old. And if you're telling me that, I'm going to hold you accountable to it every step of the way through this process. Because if that's your goal, is to do this well for your children, and you're telling me you want to be good co-parents, and then we're fighting over whether we get an extra night a month or we get this or that, I'm going to say, hold it, time out. We're going to talk about that because you are not in alignment with what you've both told me your goal is. And they need that when the emotions are getting triggered, the fear of the finances, the fear of I'm now not going to see my child every other weekend or one week out of alternating weeks. They need someone to help hold them accountable to the goal they said of we want to be good co-parents. And that's a different role. I mean, attorneys are absolutely trained in that. Do well. You do, you do great with that. But it can be more expensive. And it also allows the attorney to step over here and do what you're paying them to do, which is be your legal advocate. Yes. And it also it frees the attorneys up to be able to not confuse the issue. Because when someone has hired you and asked for advocacy, they want honest Appraisals, but they also want advocacy. And if you put yourself in the position of telling your own client, no, you're just wrong to want what you want, or, you know, you mm-hmm. start taking a position that looks like you've moved over to the dark side, you start to lose some credibility in what you're saying. And, and to have the neutral, the person who really isn't taking sides in it, but is mm-hmm. taking the fact that I'm going to hold you accountable for what you both said your intention was. Mm-hmm. Then it's coming from the person who isn't trying to win. That's right. That's right. And if I keep seeing those issues come up, then we're going to drill down and clarify, why is that coming up? What have we not resolved? What's the underlying that deep down, if you don't see the children, that's really because you rejected me? And let's start putting that invisible line between the divorcing issues and you as that co-parent. Or even if we don't have parents, it's being able to say goodbye to the marriage, put a a period at the end of that chapter and move forward. I always tell people, you know, this hurts and you're going to grieve it. But this isn't the end. This is just a period. And you can choose to write that next chapter because there's a lot of life left to live. And if you don't mind, I'm going to share a real brief story. I was actually coaching a, a woman and her husband and they had been married long-term, 33 years, grown children. And her husband, they were really overall getting along quite well, but she was having her first grandchild in Atlanta. And she called me in total tears. And she said, my first grandbaby is coming, and I'm going to miss it. And he's going to Atlanta, and he's going to be there. And I said, well, why are you not going to be there? She said, well, he offered for me to ride with him, but I just cannot be in the car with him. I said, well, that's a choice you're making, but then you're also going to make the choice not to be there. And she said, by the time I get there, Sandra, get on a flight and get there, I'm going to miss it. And I can't do all that. And I said, and you drive how far to work? 
And she said, well, 15 minutes to the, which she was a dental hygienist. And I said, okay. And you have a good car. And I said, so you could go home and throw stuff together, gas up that car and head on down to Atlanta, couldn't you? She said, I've never driven that far. And I said, then get there 15 minutes at a time. If you've got to drive 15 minutes and get out of the car and then get back in and drive another 15 minutes, this is a part of you putting your life back together so that you do not live for years angry at him because you think he kept you from sin. This is your life. You get custody of it. And she did that, and she cried when she got there and called me and said, I saw my granddaughter be born, and I got here 15 minutes at a time. And that is an assessment that an attorney can't really make. I mean, I'm a very frank attorney, so I would have probably said, get off the cross and get in the car. (laughs) But the difference was that you handled it with a lot more grace because that's what you're trying to do, which is help them move forward. (laughs) And... That is an important distinction. So I always like to say that, you know, divorce can be a renovation. Mm-hmm. And I prefer for my clients to try to look at it as this is, you know, like a house renovation. You are having to now renovate your life and how much you gut is really going to depend on you. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And we try to not look at it as as a destruction or bad or, you know, we Mm -hmm. just try to shift it and really talk about those tools that they're going to need moving forward. That is something that I think the divorce coach can play a really important role. When you hire attorneys, we're looking at the law, we're looking at solutions, we're trying to help people take the law and apply it to their life. And we've got a lot of details already to be looking at. But where I think a divorce coach can really help the parties together or separate is really help them refine that goal about where do you want to go. That vision. Because if we want our clients to get where they want to go, we want them to get to their their next phase. But we can't actually help them tear apart the house and rebuild it. You know, it's like there's a demo group. Yeah. But, I mean, it's real hard to do both. Mm-hmm. And so it really helps us when the clients are challenged and they don't have a clear vision or picture of where they want to go. It or really helps. Stuck because mm-hmm. in they're thinking with less than 5% of their brain mm-hmm. and their energy or they're, they're just in that totally fearful emotions. And you have to understand that. But I want to bring up another thing I do. It's called the case manager as a divorce coach. Mm -hmm. And that's when I'm at all of the meetings, the attorneys, and especially in our collaborative cases. And I'm there, and I help the attorneys remind them what the vision is. But if I have somebody saying that the house, staying in the house is really important to me, then I'm going to make sure that everybody knows that at the case. And I kind of set the agenda for the meetings. And sometimes I'll have to call the attorneys out in the hall and say, no, 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 you are heading them in a place that honestly, they don't even have an issue with. And we can move beyond that. So it's multifaceted. There's different pieces. And note, the cases aren't the same. They don't require the same level of coaching. But it's Now, good. sometimes you can work as a divorce coach outside of the process, right? Like, uh-huh. There's definitely times when mm-hmm. you are working with couples and they're meeting with you at their office and your office mm-hmm. and you're working on them with things and the attorneys are doing things in a different place. And there's a little bit of communication, mm-hmm. but it's not a... 
Mm-hmm. You're a resource for them, right? More so than anything else. But you were bringing up the whole other process where we often see divorce coaches. Yeah, and the collaborative. Law. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that role because that is a little bit different. So talk about how yeah. you are a divorce coach in collaborative law cases. So I was actually one of the first five on the uh, bringing collaborative law to Charlotte. And four attorneys, myself, that was like 2002 or something. And I, I love the collaborative law uh, process. And that is because it is different than everybody thinking we've got to go to court. Or it's also a bit different than just dropping off your whole divorce life into an attorney's uh, lap and then expecting them to resolve everything and then being angry when they don't or you get a bill. And there's just so many layers in that. So that, that process is where you have the four ways and the attorneys are present and the client and the clients are there as part of the problem solving mm-hmm. and they know what's going on and they're across the table from each other able to ask questions. And I'm a part of that often as that case manager or that divorce coach, meaning as a case manager, I really oversee the case and I'm meeting with the two attorneys often by ourselves and getting ready for our next steps. And I know about what their assets are. And I know the financials as well. But I'm also meeting to keep the clients individually and together to keep them in a good place to not break down the process and not get hung up on something that's going to tear uh, any good productive work going forward. But also to keep the attorneys working and staying focused on what this family's goal is. And that's one of the neatest things is collaborative lets you brainstorm, lets you look at alternative outcome versus traditional litigation and traditional attorneys where, you know, it's a it's a very different process there. And one thing I always like to point out to people that makes the process so different is when we're in a courtroom setting or we're in a litigation setting, there are a great many rules and they're real. There's rules of evidence. There's rules of civil procedure. We are handicapped in some ways because there is a way we have to do it. And that way can be very wasteful mm-hmm. in many ways because it's not the most efficient way to get there, but it's just because people have chosen that channel, we're going to have to do that. And so it could cost more than is reasonable mm-hmm. simply because of, of this process. But collaborative allows you to shift the process as well. Mm-hmm. And I always think that that's important for people to know because it allows us to bring in people like you to come up with solutions. Financial neutrals, co- coaches. And it, it allows to think outside the box, but it never, ever does it stop you from having your advocate. Mm-hmm. That attorney is still going to be your advocate, but we may share one budget at the table and go over the each other's budgets and figure out a budget versus the traditional way of affidavits and then sharing it across the table through, not across the table, but through litigation. Mm-hmm. And, and it's um, not even yeah. that, but we can document share. Yes. So we can put things on shared Google Drives or shared Dropboxes. Mm-hmm. Those are things that, when you're in a litigation case, would potentially be an, an issue that could subject the attorney to waivers of confidence and malpractice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's also it just different. It does. And you can say, I want all the banking information in Excel. I don't need PDFs. Mm-hmm. I need to suck that information out in the most, you know, easily 
accessible way. Accessible way. Mm -hmm. And there's really nothing that makes me be able to tell the other side in what manner to produce, you Mm -hmm. know, documents legally. So having this whole team approach is one of the things that I think makes collaborative so fantastic for people that are going through what is a really messy business financial serious change in their life that's also the most emotional thing they go through well and you'll hear people and oh my gosh you've heard them for years they come in and say i just want to go to court i need to get in front of a judge when the judge hears my story they're going to understand and i'm going to get the house i'm going to get the kids and i whenever someone asks me about the process or something and that's their approach i would say what day next week could you go sit in a courtroom you really need to go because it doesn't work anything like what you have in your mind. And so you don't be careful for what you wish for because mm-hmm. that approach is, it is very destructive on we the people, the bank the account, the kids, family members. It, it Your job, you have to yeah. take off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's very, very destructive mm-hmm. and, um, and doesn't look anything like the way people typically think it would look going to court. I was in a collaborative meeting the other day and I was talking about, I wish we could just like do exit interviews, you know, like just blur out their face, but just stand outside a courtroom and stick a microphone and their faces are coming out going, how'd that go? Yeah. How much fun was that? You Mm -hmm. know, because, you know, we say, you know, it's, it's hard to talk to people about avoiding a process that they've never been through. They don't understand. And you're basically just getting, trying to get everybody to trust you that Mm -hmm. they don't want to go there. You know, it's kind of, you know, if you're anyone who's studied the Christian faith, you know, it's like, don't eat the fruit from that tree. Well, you know, no, you you don't want to go to court. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard to make people understand why we're saying that or what makes it so scary. You brought up something of trusting you, and I I wanted to comment on that. Having trust in this process, you you start out and don't trust attorneys, then they don't think they heard what you thought, and the process breaks down, and and trust is is just lost in it. And that's hard because they've lost trust in each other. They've lost trust in marriage. Nobody ever got married and thought, this is really where I want to end up. And so the grieving, along with having to make such big decisions, it's a, a hard time in their life. So what do they do? They usually turn to family and friends. And that's one of the things I love about divorce coaching. I'll say, well, allow your friends to be your friends. And allow your, allow your family to be your family and love you. And people can take you out to dinner. And they can watch a movie and then cry with you. But they're going to share with you how divorce has affected some piece of their life their own divorce, their parents' divorce, a friend's divorce. And they're going to give you well-meaning advice from what happened in that filter. But that doesn't apply to you. And before long, you're not going to know which friend to believe, which one to trust, or you're going to get stuck and they're going to start pushing you away. Bring in your close friend, but let's quit talking about it with everyone. Because before long, I just call it a bunch of pot stores, Mm -hmm. and that gets pretty messy. Yeah. The people who ask you the most about it, I say, are usually the least interested. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> They're not That's asking a great for point. You. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about, you know, children particularly, but one thing I want to make sure people know is that the divorce coach's role with the financial work is still really it's not just the custody. Divorce coaches can be really helpful in drilling down why somebody is so attached to particular assets or, you know, really understanding why is somebody so hung up about X asset? Because there's a real emotional attachment mm-hmm. 
to the assets too, not just the children. The children are an easy one in terms of everybody understands you're going to be emotionally attached and distraught if you're separated from your children well, money, unnaturally. But the money is another one. Yeah, I always tell people as a coach, I said, I'm going to know everything about you if we're separating your money and your kids. I'm mm-hmm. going to know everything. But money is You know who gets Botox. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, but money, money says I'm okay. Money says I can pay my bills. But money also says I mattered in the marriage. I had value. And, you know, fear of I haven't worked in years or I've never worked. And you must not love me if you aren't going to take care of me. But you still realize there's one bowl of money in the table and we got to split it. And now we've got two households to support and still one bowl of money. Something's going to change. But then that brings and ushers in a lot of emotions about the money and what the agenda was for the money. Not all coaches are trained to be able to handle that. I have, and I've said at this feed of not only a lot of trainings, but a lot of fantastic attorneys in 21 years. Of, I'm the most uh, utilized divorce attorney in Charlotte and with attorneys and, and trusted, so I've learned so much. But it's important because I, you can be very valuable in that process as well to identify what those emotions are and what the needs are and why somebody is so fixated on keeping the home. They think they want the home. They brought their babies home They in that house. And, and then, you know, if you can really get them alone and talk about, you're going to be living with the ghost. And it, it kind of keeps y'all stuck in the way where dad sat there or mom put the dishes here. It really doesn't allow everybody to move forward. And is that home really what's going to be best for you? Or is it going to keep you stuck? Or what if you have friends over and the kids don't like that? Or then you've got to sell it later and you've got all the money from that. Because you've made an emotional decision on your finances that wouldn't the best for you. So we're going to really work on what you need. Could you even qualify for a house and what your house worth is? There's layers in that. But I also believe that if people get more educated in the process themselves. You go meet with a mortgage lender. What would it even take to qualify? I think the more that you're in that process and working gives you something to do, but you're educated and you understand and you make decisions based on that. And that's empowering. There's two additional things about the role of a divorce coach in in this, this process, which I've always welcomed, is that you have the objective perspective coming in because, again, normally in this ones I've been involved in, we've had the one coach process where you have this person who has having the opportunity of meeting with both mm-hmm. sides of it, which unless you're in collaborative, we attorneys don't have the opportunity to do that. We're that's right. only meeting with one side. In collaborative, that's different. But even in collaborative, I am meeting unequally with both sides because I'm certainly going to meet with my client that I'm advocating for more frequently and I will right. be in four ways. Mm-hmm. But the divorce coach is getting a little bit more balanced time mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. hearing the perspective more. And so I feel like that it's an extra perspective that mm-hmm. helps move everybody forward and keeps people from mm-hmm. getting hung up, which is really, really nice. And I also think it reduces the stress and the expense mm-hmm. of the process. Let's talk a little bit about the money because I can imagine some people – when I say this, like, I really think this would help. 
they're like, well, I can't afford that. I can't afford her and you or him and you. And, oh, my gosh, every time y'all talk, I'm, quote, unquote, paying you both. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to explain to them that it's really interesting, but your case actually goes faster and smoother and you spend less money overall. Mm -hmm. It's more like how you're spending it. And it's hardly because they usually haven't gone through a divorce, so they don't even understand the end of what it's going to cost. And so they don't know how it's going to save money if they don't even know how much it's going to cost. And a lot of times people only hear that initial meeting and retainer and hourly rate, and they think that their whole case is going to get done in that. It's very costly. Divorce is costly to go through. And, you know, every time y'all get the four emails and three calls and have to charge for all of that, well, if they can pick up the phone and call the coach or meet, sometimes 30 minutes or an hour call or a two-hour meeting, it is way less costly. And they're paying me one fee together versus they're paying each of their attorneys. And I'll do parenting, custody, working on that. I'll help with budgets. I help with a lot of other pieces. But also to keep them where they use their attorneys for what they're supposed to use the attorneys for. And that's not the counselor, the coaching. Sure. And like one example might be where somebody's like, okay, well, what would you use in a coach for? So something like if a divorcing couple is fighting about or not able to reach an agreement about what to do at somebody's wedding, what to do at somebody's funeral, what to do at the birth of a child, or what to do at a graduation. And this happens where Mm -hmm. people don't quite know where they're supposed to sit anymore, or there's hurt feelings, and you've got all the families coming together. Well, yes, we two attorneys will get involved and do get involved in negotiating who's going to sit on what side of the, the stadium during the graduation. But But at a huge cost. Right, right. And it's not really often a legal issue. Yeah. But it is important to the clients, and and Mm -hmm. we always want to take care of what's going on with our clients. But And then you're talking to your client, Mm -hmm. and then you don't have the same conversation with the other client, which I'm doing, so that in future conflicts, maybe you can pull from what you've learned. Here and we talk about what does that do to the kids or other family members or what is the what are we showing people of how to handle conflict, household goods are one mm-hmm. that are so emotional. Sure. I, I think I've been to four homes in the last month mm-hmm. to to do household goods because they just couldn't do it. Could you imagine if you attorneys had to go do that? Well, and, and we the know the attorneys don't and the judges won't. Nothing makes. Yeah. I mean, I, I shouldn't say won't. If you take and ask a judge to divide personal household goods, they are required by law to do it, and they will. The evil eye that they are throwing at you as you use very expensive court time to divide the contents of the garage really does make you think you're going to drop dead any minute. Mm-hmm. So it's not an advisable thing to do. It, it mm-hmm. can and be It will done. cost you more than that couch that you, yes, yes 10 years ago, paid 2000 for. That's only worth $200 today. But there's, there are many things like that. Organizing documents, organizing to get ready to go to the meeting, to know what kind of questions, mm-hmm. to be have good, thoughtful questions for an attorney because someone sat with you to work through what are your questions and what piece is for an, a, your therapist and what piece is for mm-hmm. financial and what piece is just emotional versus getting in there and be fumbling through a mm-hmm. meeting and the attorney has spent two hours and we've got about 20 minutes worth of work done. So one of the other, the last thing that I was, when I was saying there was a couple of other, one of the things that I really 
try to warn people about that I think a divorce coach protects you from is I keep telling some people you're going to ruin and worry yourself out of most of your friendships and family. That is the right. fatigue of listening mm-hmm. to you vent and gripe and grieve about this process, believe it or not, as much as they love you, they have their limits. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you hate to tell them that, but you're like, you are going to burn these friendships out if you keep dumping on them at this rate. And it's yeah. like a divorce coach can like protect those friendships and those relationships. You know, when you were talking about, you know, when I thought about it, when you were talking about, well, you know, talk to your friends and, but just don't let them tell you about their mm-hmm. horror stories. They're the other side of it is just go out and be their friends and, and, and just talk about their kids sometimes and, mm-hmm. and their life and, and just normal. Like you were having interactions with them prior to your crisis and then go to your divorce coach. And, and if you want to have that conversation five times, go have it with them. Mm-hmm. And that divorce coach is probably not going to let you have it five times mm-hmm. because they know that you're staying stuck in the same story. And as long as you're stuck, you're not able to get off that roller coaster and you're keeping that divorce story alive and your friends will burn out and your family members will burn out. And then you actually start suffering more of the very thing you don't want, which is more rejection and to be pushed away. You're trying to connect. You're trying to feel loved and supported. And eventually they push you away and it just compounds mm-hmm. those emotions that they're feeling, which then makes the, the whole divorce process harder. So what would be if when somebody comes to you and says, what do you do in a nutshell? What do you tell them you do? I would say I'm your, I'm a divorce coach and I'm your thinking partner because when you go through divorce, you don't know which way's right, which way's left, who to trust and who you need. And I'm going to help you create a roadmap that will help you navigate a process and get you to the other side where you then can be your own thinking partner. And one day you're going to share some of this same wisdom And one year from now, you'll be in a very different place. But put one hand in mine, give me some of your trust, and we're going to do this better than you've seen others. Well, and that's why I exactly think it can be so useful to people. Sandra, I was, I joined the collaborative group in like 2004. I remember sitting early. Yeah, I remember sitting in one of those attorneys' uh, dens in one of those early meetings. So I think both of us are are huge advocates for that particular process. But if people want to know more about divorce coaching and the things that you provide for them, where can they go to find more information about you and your business and, and what they could? Yeah, so I have, name of my company is Emerge Victorious, and I'm very passionate about my name, Emerge Victorious, because that's my hope. My hope is to see people do this different and better, and I hope that they can heal and move forward and move into the life that's actually waiting on them to live. Emerge Victorious, I have offices in Charlotte and in Cornelius, and then I have a national training program as well on this, and I have a website. Sandra, uh, email Sandra at Emerge Victorious website, www.emergevictorious. And I welcome a meeting to talk with anyone about how they can change their future in divorce. 
Wonderful. Well, we'll have that in the show notes, and so hopefully people can can go there and get more information. And um, I'll also put a push for the uh, Charlotte Collaborative Divorce Group yeah. website because that's another way that they could find you as you're a member of that, and you're linked on there as well. Absolutely. And, and Lee, I just continue to thank you for being an attorney that cares and an attorney that it's not just about the money for you, and it's just not about a name or an ego, that you're different. You care about your clients. And I appreciate that, and I appreciated your longstanding weathering of staying involved in collaborative law and bridging a new path. So thank you, and thank you for doing this with me. Well, you're kind, and it was a pleasure to have you here. I've enjoyed working with you, and and I think that, um, you know, hopefully you can help many more people through this. We can together. Well, I hope you'll come back. Yeah, thanks. So there you have it. Another neighborhood of Splitsville explored. There's still so much to learn here, so I hope you'll tune in to the next episode. While Splitsville is not a fun place to be, thankfully it is full of helpful people, valuable resources, and sound advice if you know where to look. See you next time. The insights and views presented in Welcome to Splitsville are for general information purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. Nor does tuning into this podcast constitute an attorney-client relationship of any kind. If you're ready for compassionate and reliable legal guidance on your journey, contact Lee Sellers and her team at www.touchstonefamilylaw.com.